This week's episode of the True Bypass Podcast is made possible by our sponsor, Byron Amplification. At Byron Amps, we put our heart and soul into handcrafted gear for working musicians, made to order right here in Columbia, Missouri. Tube amps, cabs, and pedals, handmade to order. Our specialties are vintage sounds off the beaten path with the versatility to help you find your voice. Go to ByronAmplification.com and see how we can help you find the tone you've always been looking for in a unique package customized just for you. All right, everyone, welcome back to the uh, True Bypass Podcast. Um, another week, another another episode. Right, and and continuing in the string of not guitar players on here. Yeah, really yeah. happy about that. As 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 the bass player of the show, I'm very happy. about As a this. guitar player, I'm happy about that. I'm learning new shit. Yeah, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we are joined today by uh he pulls double duty in uh wasting daylight and conman economy. Correct. Yep. Okay. We have Mr. Dylan. Yeah. Are, are we missing anything there? Yeah. Um, I'm on the street corner and I just play <laughs> bass, but like nobody really tips or anything because I'm the bass player. They're right. just like, uh, get away from me, weirdo. <laughs> but I mean, that's the side gig. Yeah. Right. But we have Mr. Dylan Painter uh, here. Did I say that right and everything? Okay. Yep. Cool. Um, we, we, like I said, pulling double duty in Con Man and Wasting Daylight. Um, uh, I, I, what, what do you say would be your, like your, your main project or are you, do you kind of like do both because so, i, I want to know which one to take to take on first that's I guess. really hard just because like wasting daylight's my baby and mm-hmm. i'm the mm-hmm. the behind the scenes kind of guy with wasting daylight and mm-hmm. with conman economy i just kind of play bass and um try and look as entertaining as possible right. uh john gooch takes care of most of the behind the scenes things which is awesome so that one i'm just really a bass player and the other one i'm kind of uh the phrase is momager. Okay. Like, right. we just kind of make sure everything's square. Yeah. So, um, I don't know, man. That's tough. I love both of them. Let's go with let's go with wasting daylight, daylight okay. first because we'll talk. Um, Conman, we've 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 never had them on, but I really really want to have them on at some point because I, I I have met I've met John. Um, seems like a great dude, and I've seen. I guess it's. Uh, I'm probably gonna butcher the names, but is it Anthony? Yeah. Okay, Anthony. I've seen Anthony at shows. Uh, seems like just a just a fun guy. Yeah, dude. He will hug you like mm-hmm. you're just like hey and insta hug like yeah. They're all wonderful people. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but going back to wasting daylight. Um, before we talk about con man. Um, where I guess just talk about like the when it started and what you're kind of like what what was the genesis of the band because I think I we caught you got we haven't caught you guys doing anything original yet because yeah we saw you guys played um emo royale didn't you yeah yeah that was yeah. when we first saw you we first saw you then and we were like this band sounds great right I would, I would, I would love to see them by there's, themselves there's, doing what they do right you know um so what what kind of did it what how did it start essentially. So the Genesis. We're at uh, Wasting Daylight 3.0. Mm-hmm. The first of it started back April. Uh, I was in this band called Between Elsewhere, and our singer was going to move, and so we we're splitting up. And then a lot of the members carried over, and so we just changed the name, and we we're just going to continue with that. And uh, slowly, they just kind of fell aside. And um, I met Paul years ago, and he is a phenomenal, just kind of old school, shitty pop punk guitar player. Mm-hmm. Uh, he writes phenomenal lyrics and melodies, and him and I started playing together, and we had a drummer and another guitar player, and um, things changed with them, and we had a week before a show, and 
uh, I knew this guy Jay who played drums and we had lost our drummer and he's like well I'll do it and in like a week he learned all of our shitty mm-hmm. punk songs which says something really about our artistry that yeah. just <laughs> nailed it and I mean he or just him run. as a drummer right yeah, dude like he home run hit it um, yeah. I'm very proud of that dude um, <clears throat> but we've been just kind of rebuilding from the loss of members and loss of materials and we're coming out swinging ready to go this fall yeah. um and jps asked us to do the award show and mm-hmm. right. we were so beyond excited and honored because we love going to that thing so mm-hmm. uh we got a solid lineup solid set and we're ready to go yeah yeah it'll be cool to see you guys and uh we're i'm i'm really happy that we get to uh, we get to see you guys we get to it. be there that night <laughs> i've never been to one yeah but this now I get to go to one. We're not only are we going to it, but we're the like the James Franco and the Anne Hathaway of this thing. Oh God! So it's gonna be great. It's really cool. I've gone to it every year that it's been a thing, mm-hmm. even like just to go and have fun and see everybody. Yeah, it seems like a really really fun time. Um, and what, how would you get? I be, I'm gonna ask the generic questions first, and then we'll get into the the the, the good questions. But how would you guys just describe like your guys' sound? I guess. Um, we're really just kind of old school shitty punk. Like I always describe us as shitty punk. Mm-hmm. Um, we're very much like Paul says his style of guitar is very much the Tom DeLonge guitar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he loves alkaline trio and both come across very apparent in our music. Um, he, I don't know if he would say this, but his lyrics are very kind of folky almost like they tell a story, which is kind of a lost art these days. Yeah. Um, but so I'm going to say we're pop punk with a dash of folk. Nice. That's, a good, that's a good way to describe and, it. And I mean, Jay can play anything. So he kind of brings that wild card factor. And, mm-hmm. um, I was a bass player or a guitar player that became a bass player. So, um, oh, nice. I'm kind of I wouldn't say the weakest at my instrument, but <laughs> I, I must bring something to the table. Yeah, they so. still keep you around. Yeah. yeah. It's because we practice in my basement. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> they need your basement. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, it would just be too weird otherwise, and you know, right. yeah. all that stuff. What was what's the transition been like? Like how how did how did you end up transitioning to to bass from guitar? Uh, there was just always better guitar players. Um, mm-hmm. I was in this band, Gamera, and. Um, we found a guitar player who's just so much better than me. And I was like, dude, I'm just going to like a step back. And we couldn't find a, they couldn't find a bass player. And so I was like, I'll play bass. <laughs> and, uh, it's so much more fun. Like it is. I had to be interesting as a guitar player with, uh, um, mm-hmm. as bass, I could be intricate. I could just follow the route. Um, I could just kind of put on a show and mm-hmm. do my own thing. And yeah, I love it. Yeah. It's a, it's, I, as, a, as, a, as a fellow bass player, I will say that I would much prefer the, the ease of just playing bass, yeah. you know? Because you can basically be a, just any, any kind of bass player you want. You see know? you giving me side eye over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, um, that, I guess my question is in regards to that, because I, I did the reverse of what you did. I started on bass, went to guitar when the band, quote unquote, that I was in at the time... It turns out that my friend had also been playing bass, and he was a much better bass player than I was. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, shit, I guess I'll just play guitar. Um, how do you feel... How smooth was the change from guitar to bass for you? Because I know going from bass to guitar, there was definitely some some things there that I was just like, a ah, little beyond my scope. 
it it wasn't that difficult simply because I kind of play the bass like guitar, which like if you started as a bass player, mm-hmm. you're like, oh my god, this guy. <laughs> um, I played with a pick. I still play with a pick. Um, I did too. I was, shout, I was, out to, shout out to all the pick players. I was Yo. definitely kind of punk rock in my bass approach. Yeah. So. And by punk rock, I mean not very talented and playing with a pick because I have pussy fingers. But I just I just think playing with a pick sounds really good. Like you I could, don't disagree. You could be playing finger licks and playing with a pick, and I think it sounds cooler. But that's well, it was me. either play with a pick or slap, and they're like, you really <laughs> need to stop that, dude. You're <laughs> really <laughs> slapping. Yeah. Listen here, flee. No, yeah. for real. I get yeah. so much inspiration from just all sorts of weird places. And uh-huh. uh, John and Conman says uh, he reminds me of the bass player in Corn Fleet or uh, Fieldy. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. The low. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. That's my impression of Fieldy. <laughs> I think he nailed it. Yeah. I yeah. That's it. pretty good. I got it down. Yeah. yeah. Check out his I, I, rap al- album, Fieldy's Dreams. Is that a real album? Oh my god, you've got to check it out. It's <laughs> I amazing. Mean, the name alone, I'm already just like, wow. Yeah. Wow. I just love how that guy only plays mute notes. He doesn't yep. play anything else. All he does is just like mute the mute the notes in a certain way, and that's how he plays bass. That's his style. Yeah. Made yeah. him a lot of money, though. I guess. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I don't know how the corn guys are doing. You know, I'm not I good think, as rappers, right? No, I, ooh, I just, I just remember they put an album out when I was in junior high. Uh, Twisted Transistor was like that album. Yeah, and see you on the other side. That was, yeah, that was already the one where it's just like, ooh, yeah, ooh. That was my like low key like street cred album when I was in like middle school. I was like, yo, I listened to Corn's new album. It was tight, right? You know, love and, it. Yeah, yeah. Twisted Transistor is still a kind of a fun song. I'm just gonna say it, but uh, I mean, out of all their new stuff, I definitely agree. Right. Um, I was very much on the old old Corn train. Like mm-hmm. I saw them play uh, whenever Issues came out, and um, yeah, I grew up listening to them a lot more than mm-hmm. probably does probably shows in my music. Yeah, but um, I had the greatest hits. I think I had Issues as well. Um, <laughs> boy, did I ever! Um, but um, yeah, I, I think "Follow the Leader" was that an album? Oh yeah, yeah. I had that, that the, one. That was a big one. I got grounded over that album because yeah. it was explicitly right. Lyrics. Yeah, I uh, I had to trick. I think I tricked my mom into doing it. You're like, it's about following your parents, guys. <laughs> You're the leader in this. Okay, it's just like, oh no, it's like, oh, there's a parental advice. I mean, not that my parents were like super strict over what i listened to but it was still just like a little like too hot to touch almost but i somehow convinced them into getting that for me i think it was because i mowed the lawn so many times and they were just like like, if you shut up right music yeah do you remember the album cover for issues it was that uh kind of ragdoll corn yeah so i went to that show and i bought one of those and like growing up i i always wanted to play music and so it was like hanging from a noose for my ceiling fan my mom thought it was super weird (laughs) Uh, i'm 33 years old and married and things in my garage it's like you really need to get rid of that shit dude no it's a good omen it's a good omen it's a good childhood yeah there you go it's a constant reminder of like why don't you ask me to get rid of my baseball glove jesus I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I still, I still wear my, I, my, one of the more, more formative albums for me was Green Day's American Idiot. And like that, I still, I still like ride or die that album. Like it was good. It's still good. We were talking, we were talking about that the other day. That was like probably the first time any of us had really 
been exposed to like a good like album mm-hmm. yeah. like start to finish there is a concept here and i'm not talking like rock opera concept but it's like there's definitely a theme and yeah. everything sort of locks in together i think that was like you know people around our age that was probably their first real exposure to something that had, like that that had come out like in their own lifetime right yeah um not really my favorite green day album but you can't deny it yep. y- yeah um but uh going back to it what uh, so what kind of inspirations did you draw on when you went when you switched to bass as far as like players and stuff like that um Man. Aside from Fieldy, obviously. <laughs> right. <laughs> so the band I was in was a much heavier band than really either band that I'm in now. And I've never been a super heavy music guy. Mm-hmm. And so um, I just kind of picked up where I could, like um, with new metal kind of mixed in my background and then the pop punk thing. I just kind of did my thing and found places. And then um, I've always been really good at like if somebody had a suggestion, just kind of like taking their suggestion and being like, okay, that's cool. And then just kind of like building off of that. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Like as a band, I think the biggest thing is being able to listen to each other and then just kind of like create something as a group rather than each individual instrument. And so um, I had really, really good bandmates who helped me. Yeah. That's good. That's good to have. Um, How's the, how's the writing process for you guys in, in wasting daylight as far as like, uh, I mean, your development of, you know, your material and stuff like that. Um, Paul is got like a catalog of just really, really good songs and he's written them all on acoustic. And so it's moving them over to electric and then just kind of song structuring, um, is kind of where I come in, but he writes a lot. I've written like one song, um, in our set and, um, yeah. And then Jay just always has great advice and, mm-hmm. He does little things that will inspire one of us to do something, and then we all just kind of like spitball and just bat it around the room until we come up with something that we're all just like, hell yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> Definitely. And what's it like kind of, because you guys are currently a trio, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what's it kind of, I'm always interested to hear from the trios because I think there's there's something to be said about filling all that space. Mm-hmm. And what's, what's it kind of been like for you? I mean, are you, is your, because I know that some bass players are like, I'm in a trio, but I'm only approaching it as like I'm just a bass player. I'm not filling anybody else's role. But how how do you kind of approach it? Um, I mean, I just try and think of it as like, okay, well, here's something. Here's a moment where something cool could happen. But mm-hmm. I try not to overthink things. And um, Paul always has an idea of kind of where he wants things, and then um, it's just that batting back and forth. But um, it's just really approaching it as the group. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's cool. Um, Cause you guys, I mean, I, I, I don't, you guys, you don't have any recordings quite up. I thought, I thought I saw something about like a, a couple demo tracks, but mm-hmm. you guys haven't really like sat down and recorded something. Yeah, yet, cause right? we had to like wipe the slate. And yeah, which again. is tough. Yeah, yeah. and, and that's why we're so happy as a trio, just because uh, it's just the three of us. So, um, yeah, we can just kind of hear everybody's voice, hear everybody's instrument mm-hmm. a little bit better. Um, I really enjoy the fact that it's just the three of us. Yeah. There's mo- so much room for dancing on stage. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you don't, you, I mean, like on, on, a, on a logistical level, it's like one less person to pay or whatever, <laughs> right. something. Yep. You one know. less ego to consent. People get right. paid. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry, you know, that that that, uh, that hypothetical, oh, you get right. paid thing. That's one less beer to In get. exposure. Oh, there you go. There you right. go. Yeah. Um, 
But uh, yeah. any and you guys, you guys probably have plans to 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 guys to record soon. I would. Hope. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, I've always gone to um, here in town. Uh, Century Cellar Studios. That's a good guy. Yeah, Will's dude, a good Will's guy. such a great guy. He's... And I've gone to him with so many different bands. And he's yeah. always just kind of like helped me kind of get ideas out and stuff yeah. like that. And then um, Conman recorded at Red Roof Production in Kansas City with Brent. And uh, that was such an amazing experience just because it was so much outside my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. and just kind of showed me a different way to approach the recording things. So. Yeah. Um, we've got plans. We just yeah. got We want to write everything and then like, just make sure before we commit to throwing some money behind it. Definitely. Yeah. Yep. Which it it, it gets expensive. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're, yeah. we're really really lucky to have Will in town because he he doesn't oh, really yeah. charge a lot. Yep. For what you get, but and since we're a shitty punk band, like we try and DIY everything. Like, yeah. I've got recording equipment in my basement. I bought a really really good mixer. Um, mm-hmm. That way I could record with it and stuff, and so that's what those little demo tracks were. But I mean, they like, sound they yeah, sound really really good for it. what I mean what it says you're using, yeah. Yeah. But um, and how many how many songs do you guys like? Have you guys gotten kind of together? Um, about six. Six. Okay. Six to seven. It's a solid um, EP. But like I said, Paul has like a rolodex of songs. Yeah. Just like. Brrr. I've always respected a lot of people who could like always seem to have like an album in their back pocket like ready to go mm-hmm. yeah. one that just astounds me because i can't write for shit yeah and like it takes me like weeks to like get a cohesive riff but for the people who can like like oh yeah you need a song here you go yeah right. I, that blows my mind i See, can't do that shit i'm not that guy either like yeah. I, to write the one song that i had i had to take like 50 riffs and just be like this sucks this good this sucks. <laughs> yeah okay move this up here um yeah paul's one of those guys i just kind of build off of what he's kind of got so yeah right um and are you guys i mean are you guys considering like the ep thing or are you guys considering like full album kind of we'll probably just do an ep i feel like the world has just gone to eps albums aren't really i don't know a reality for us at this moment but yeah i mean i feel like band i mean it's even <coughs> i i think there's there's i've always thought that there's definitely room to have an interesting way of doing an ep mm-hmm. you know like people people gravitate towards albums because it's like it's like this is the era of the band or mm-hmm. this is like the new thing that from this fo- this point forward this is what we are but i think that there's there's room for an ep to do that too yeah you know I think Alice in Chains did that really well. Like, if you look at the time where they had, like, Lane Staley as their singer, they didn't really put out, considering how long he was their singer, didn't really put out a lot of albums. But they did do a whole lot of EPs in that time. So, and, like, those EPs weren't just like, "Uh, yeah, we're going to go, like, on a club tour for a month. We need something to play. It was like, no, these were, like, legit, like, a lot of their biggest hits came off of their EPs. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely room for the EP in, in today's music world yeah, to, to make a statement with even, yeah, albums are great if you can do them, but I mean, well, it's like you said, that's just not a reality for a lot of people. It's, it's hard to do. Yeah. And I mean, I think even for, for a band like you guys, where you guys are like, just, you know, you guys have been kind of doing it for a little bit, but it's <sighs> like, it's like, this is your first thing. This is like everybody, technically it'd be like everybody's introduction to you. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it's like having like a full like you know 13 song album just right. a lot to take in right you know 
And it's uh, a lot of pressure, I think. Well, yeah. and this whole thing for us and Wasting Daylight is just like, we're just going to have fun. Yeah. Like, all of us have other things going on, and um, this is just us being three guys in our 30s, just going down to our basement and playing shitty punk rock just to enjoy each other's company and just, like, be happy. That's the, that's the way to do it, though. Yeah. You know? I feel like that's, that's, that's lost on a lot of people. Right. Mm-hmm. I think the root of everything a lot of bands should do should be grounded in that yeah where it's just like hey you know good things happen awesome great but let's have fun with it right exactly um and then switching over to kind of the con man side of things how did how did you kind of meet up with those guys um, so I played in that band Between Elsewhere and... Uh, actually, before we talk about okay. Con Man, I want to talk about Between Elsewhere. Okay. Because I was actually really, I was, uh, I was really good friends with Shanna. Yeah. Um, and, uh, she is such an amazing She's singer. so cool. She's like, such a good person. She was my partner in crime in that band. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, she... We kind of took turns leading, which was dope. Like there was a good trade-off, mm-hmm. and she was she's such a strong person that um, I don't know, just admired her, and yeah. she was awesome to work with. Yeah, and we still stay in touch. We Conman actually crashed on her couch uh, whenever we went out there. Yeah, just because, I think I remember seeing something about yeah. that. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I I was so bummed because I never I I didn't ever get to make it out to a show except for your guys's last show. Oh man, at Rose. And I mean, that was still a great show. That was such a good show. Yeah. Like you guys, I mean, you guys killed it. Like I was like, and I think I think instilled in my brain, I was like, I I want to see what these these people in this group do eventually, and that's kind of what like put you kind of on my radar with like wasting daylight and con man i was like oh that's that guy from you know that's that bass player who jumps all over the place on the stage and yeah you know it was just so interesting because uh all four of us were different types of musicians with Mm -hmm. different backgrounds and came together and make something really cool and it was a blast yeah it's yeah i agree um so and then uh, going back to con man how did how did con man kind of start um I met a lot of the Conman boys and became better friends with them uh, through Between Elsewhere. We kind of like became a brother sister band almost. Mm-hmm. And then whenever that ended, like we all stayed in touch and um, they needed a bass player. And I had filled in for them once before in Nebraska and we had a blast. Like, there's no way to find out if you can get along with somebody, then lock yourself <laughs> in a truck for like. I don't know, ridiculous amounts of miles. Right. And we all just got along and laughed, and I don't know, their bass player uh, left, and they asked me to join, and I was like, hell yeah! Because mm. I was one of their biggest fans, yeah. even before I was part of the band, and like, if you watch me play with them, like, you can tell that I'm just having the time of my I life. I can definitely tell, yeah. yeah. And like, now, um, Anthony and I both work at Hy-Vee together, and oh, then, cool. uh, we have another job together, um, we all just enjoy each other's company and hanging out, so. That's, that's a good, that's a it good vibe. It just made such an easy transition. Yeah, and definitely. They were like, you have three weeks, can you learn this cover set? Uh, learn our set and be ready to record and do a music video. And I'm like, uh, sure. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yep. We'll find out. <laughs> um, and you guys did, you, you pulled double duty that night at the Emo Royale cause you were doing Taking Back Sunday and you out, you're doing Alkaline Trio. Yeah. Trio. And 
uh, I was like, the amount of energy in that room that night was like insane. That was so awesome. It was such a good show. Yeah. Like he, seeing what I what I I told I think I told this to Shake is we had her on the day after the show, and I told her like. I think everyone on that that was on that stage like had a legitimate love for the music that they were playing, yeah. and you could totally feel that. Oh yeah. Um, but that was that was so cool to see. Um, so what's it? What I mean, how long have you been in in Con Man? Uh, I think we were Facebook official as of like May, March, or May or something okay. of last year. Gotcha. Um, and then you. You, you recorded the you guys have a new ep mm-hmm. which is out yep silent okay. eyes yeah um i listened to the lead single on that the shit was shit was dope yep um music video was also dope yep um and uh it was like i don't i don't want to throw out the word throwback mm-hmm. but i definitely felt the vibe and the spirit of like seosin and like t- taking back Sunday, I was like, oh, yeah. that spirit is there, and I'm like here for it. Yeah, man. Um, they get a lot of influence through Emberlin and a lot of different bands. Like Anthony has exposed me to so many things. Like so many times we're hanging out, and I have my Shazam ready just to yeah. rip off that dude's music. Um, but it was awesome, and it's been a hell of a 2019 with those guys. Yeah. And, wasting daylight so yeah and it's you guys awesome. you, you guys, guys toured right yeah. like you all oh, went yeah. pretty far not like oh yeah we're playing like springfield and st louis right. but y'all did i see y'all were in seattle oh yeah we went yeah y'all Cal- we actually went to um st louis back to here and then all the way out to california making stops along the way uh, it was amazing. It was my first tour I've ever really been on, mm-hmm. and everything went super well. We had a hole in our trailer though, and so there were little mishaps with rain and stuff. And yeah. uh, our van made it up until we made it to Kansas City on the way back, and then we threw a serpentine belt. And um, they say Bridger, our drummer, fixed it, but I went into the truck stop and bought a Lucky Rabbit's foot, and I blessed the van back to life. <laughs> there you, it's um, all you. It's all yeah, you. Yeah. I, I just want to go on record. It was me. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Um, and so, and it was so cool to see, kind of like you guys on on the verge of the EP, kind of like just just branch out like that. And that was it was really cool because it felt like really really fluid, you know. And that was like a really cool thing to see, like. Oh, here's a music video. Oh, here's the EP. Here's like the tour. You know, it was just like so cool to see. And you guys had the album release show at Rose, right? Or the EP release show. Yep. Um, I was really, really, really bummed that I didn't make it to that one. But, uh, um, but I, you, you guys are playing on the Halloween bill, right? right. Which is going to be such a fucking yeah. Awesome oh, show. dude, that's going to be such that fun night. Show. Yeah, is going to be legendary. It really. I feel will that be. one. Yeah, I feel. I I can feel it in my bones. It's like shit's going to go down that night. Yeah, and like in the best of ways. Yeah, it's going to be a great show. It's. I don't know. Every time we play Columbia, I just get so happy. Like, right. I'm such a townie. This is my favorite place to ever play, just mm. because. Um, I don't know. I love Rose. I love just the whole downtown thing. Definitely here. So. Um, that kind of transitions into my next question, which I kind of, I kind of touch on with a lot of, uh, pretty much everybody is like, you said that you've kind of played, you kind of almost had like, like an episodic sort of saga in your time in Columbia, as far as bands are concerned, because you talked about Gamera, 
and then talked about between elsewhere and now con man and wasting daylight but what is what how, how do you think the whole like scene in colombia for you i guess has changed since your time in Gam- G- gamera is that i'm saying that right it's uh you're doing better than simon rose did it's, <laughs> it's gamera, gamera like the old school um godzilla like turtle monster that okay now now you're speaking my language yeah, dude. okay i would cool. really like to hear simon rose say that now well yeah. he said gamera and we never heard the end of it from our right. friends and stuff <laughs> who's mara right <laughs> exactly and um, then we've got the goo goo dolls gusta <laughs> and train yeah um I was um, like making fun of Simon Rose. Nothing personal. It's just I've heard Simon Rose my entire life yeah. almost. <laughs> um, but yeah, how do you think it? How do you feel like if it's it's changed since since then? Uh, man, I've been playing Columbia since I was 13 years old. Like whenever Music Cafe was around, and it's only evolved. And people like Jason Trick with JPS Production is really, really helping things and pushing it forward. And mm-hmm. like the award show and stuff like that. That was never around when I was younger. And like whenever I was a young kid playing shows, like you're that young kid, and everyone's like, "You can't even drink. What are you doing here?" Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just really cool to watch how people kind of help the younger bands now. And it, yeah. it wasn't always like that. I very like, much feel that now. Even, yeah. I mean, I don't think with the podcast we're like a band, but I definitely feel like a lot of the people who we've had on have always been very generous with their time and energy in terms of like helping us out. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I can't imagine what, I mean, I guess I can, but like, for the bands, if they're doing it for us, there's probably helping out a whole bunch of other people too. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's something that's incredibly fortunate, I think in this, um, in the scene yeah. is that we've got people who give a shit about it. Yeah. And like, I remember a couple of years ago, there was a thing that everybody was saying like Como's music scene was dying because we had fewer venues, but mm-hmm. um, through struggle builds character yeah. yeah, and better bands have come out and, um, really better like, practices too with um, those venues. Yeah, like and just everybody, even the bartenders and everybody, everybody knows everybody. Everybody's helping yeah. everybody. Everybody comes to everybody's shows, right. and that's what it's about: is yeah. helping each other and making our scene the best it can. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, you guys are doing that, and so thank you from Columbia. Yeah, we we are we're a small <laughs> we're such a small right. like blimp on the on the huge thing of columbia but we're right. happy to happy to be it um, like a barnacle on a battleship or something like that yeah I, I like referring to columbia as a battleship i like that i also like referring to us as a barnacle <laughs> on said battleship yeah yeah we're changing the podcast name now we're now the the true barnacle battleship podcast yeah know. i'm gonna wear a shirt fuck to, it i don't know <laughs> i'm gonna wear a shirt that says barnacle number one at the at the award show and you're gonna wear one that says barnacle number two fuck do i have to be no no it's gonna happen it's my idea goddamn <laughs> both are ideas um, anyway uh that's really that's really cool to hear and i mean i always feel like we've had multiple people like from different genres on the on the podcast but it always seems that everyone has the same opinion that like yeah. i mean it, it's it's working for all genres which is just so cool like mm-hmm. it's working for the rock dudes it's working for you know the the folk dudes it's working for you know all the dudes and it's like you know and i'm i'm using dudes as a gender right. gender, gender neutral term right. i want to make that clear um but it it's working for everybody and that's what i think is really cool I about mean, it i think 
I can't remember who it was on one of our episodes, but they were they were talking about Columbia as a scene, and it's just like people in Columbia want to see, they want to see something. Mm-hmm. It's like you know if it's two dudes with a drum machine and one of them's playing keyboards and another one's playing fucking mandolin or some shit like that. Yeah. People want to go see that here. Derek wants to go see that. Bill wants to go see that. If Bill knew how to play a mandolin, he would, you know, figure that shit out and try and make that happen. But like, we've got to give our hats off to the people here who don't play or, or, or participate firsthand in this, who just like want to go and see what the fuck is going on? Yeah, um, I think that's a we're very lucky with that um, here in Columbia. I think. Well, yeah, and I mean that that Halloween show I think is going to be one of the biggest shows of the year. I'm so excited. I like, I think that play, that the rose is going to be like so packed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's going to sell out personally because mm-hmm. the way Shay sold it, she was like food trucks. Uh, this, this, and this. It's and it's going. To, it's not going to be a show. It's going to be an event. Yeah, and that's like that. That's the way that I think that if if there is something that I like, I've I've played in I've played in bands years ago. But like, if the one thing I feel like has changed it is that local events and local bands, it's an event rather mm-hmm. than like you know, oh, so and so is playing tonight. You know, whatever. Like you know. It's it's an event like the you know it's a happening not a right, not exactly. a concert Ooh, like it's, it's a, a show happening. not a concert it's a happening yeah right so that's the that's the way to go well we my next band name we are the happening the happening except you you can't you have to pretty much shake the whole like Mark Wahlberg movie <laughs> like comparison th- or you have did. everybody that's dress up remember. as a different Mark Wahlberg character yeah. And or, you just lean into it or you just embrace it and then like all you take it, the HBP yeah and you just. Yeah. Everybody's a different Mark Wahlberg character. Like you would do the backup vocals in the style of Mark Wahlberg. Be like, "Are you a cop?" <laughs> um, you know, fuck your mother. Things like that. Um, your first album has to be called "Tell Your Mother I Said Hi." Right. Tell your mother I said hi. Yeah. You have to. <laughs> if you're gonna do that, fucking lean into it. Yeah. Exactly. Take that fastball off the elbow, man. Right. Um. So one of the things we also like to talk about, um, and I'm really interested to hear this because I'm a bass player as well. Um, we like to talk about gear. Yeah. Um, I, uh, when I was at the Emo Royale, I caught some Fender, uh, like a Fender amp. Um, but I'm interested to hear you kind of run through everything of what you've got going on as far as gear wise. So I made Jay text me because uh, drummers don't always get to say what they play on. But, okay. Um, he, so I play on a Fender Basement 800. Okay. Mike Durnt from Green Day is one of my favorite bass players. He's so and that's good. what he's yeah. rocking now. Yep. And then I have way too many overdrive pedals on my board just because like I want dirty <laughs> and then I want dirtier and then I want dirtiest. Like I want it to sound like shit sludge at you some are, point. You are preaching to yeah. the choir. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, and uh, Paul got a rocker verb. The um, orange, yeah. yeah. I remember seeing that. Yeah. Those are some good. Those are some good tones. Yep, and then he yeah. just like placed a huge order for pedals and stuff. Like he was just like a clean and dirty guy, and now he's like expanded into pedal boards and stuff like that. I made him a pedal board out of like a two by four and mm-hmm. some like little rubber things, and 
he's he's blossomed. Yeah, uh, he's and, come around. Yeah, and then uh, Jay plays on a Gretsch uh, Catalina Club custom made snare kit, all sorts of drum lingo I don't understand, <laughs> um, but it's awesome. And it's he hits it and it makes loud noises and it's yeah. awesome. Um, well, open invitation to to both Jay and Paul to come on and talk about what they've got going on. Just FYI, in case that wasn't clear. But um, so uh, I'm curious what your favorite what your go-to drive is like if you have them all on your board there's got to be a favorite it's honestly the my uh my just default sound uh it's just kind of from the amp yeah it's just kind of like a little bit of dirt going through the tube section of that um basement 800 Mm -hmm. and i kind of get that dirty rubber band sound yeah Uh, it's been i've been told that's what it sounds like and they're like it sounds really good but it also sounds like a shitty rubber band. <laughs> um, but my dark glass is a really cool pedal. Those, I ah, man, I want one it's so bad. I got it used, and um, the only thing I don't like about it is that it's got a jack on the side. And so uh, Brent from Many Colored Death helped me and resoldered it because I kept on like hitting it and oh, it okay. just stopped working. And I had many oh shit moments at a couple of shows, but um, are you talking about the power jack or the input jack? Uh, the power jack. Oh it's, f that, yeah. Yeah, dude. Why don't they just yeah? But like, um, controversial opinion maybe, but death to death to side inputs. Yes. Inputs and outputs. Do not put them on the sides anymore. Like God bless Byron amplification, but and Byron himself, but like, I love that dude. These these side. I'm only doing this because it's right here. But this side shit has to end. It has to end. We're we're past this. Like this fatty, this fatty here. It's it's doing its job right because it's on the top. So is the power. See, like, I don't mind the side um, jacks. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm calling it the wrong thing. Inputs. It's just that damn power jack. Oh my god. Because it's just such a little nimble cable or fragile cable. Right, and then it, if it rubs the wrong way up against a pedal, it like shorts it out, yeah. and you're like, oh, yeah, cool, now I don't have yeah. a pedal. And then J- John gives me that side look of <laughs> damn bass player. God damn it. Yeah, the classic uh, side eye right. bass player. Yeah. So, um, so it's usually the singer to other members of the band, like guitar player. I see it all the time like with the guitar player when it's like they trip, they hit like a pedal that they weren't like supposed to hit during that section. Yeah. Like if they hit like a fucking phaser when it's supposed to be a driver <laughs> and all of a sudden it's just like the singer's just like how dare you yeah it's usually you've soiled doing, the sound you know it's, it's usually i'm doing some kind of stupid like dance around the, the stage move or something like east side has a little stage and for some reason i felt it in me to do a guitar swing on that and <laughs> i was clocked anthony and he gave me the are you serious look um and then at our last show, if you guys run into any of the con man boys, ask us, ask them what happened to Dylan the last time we played FUBAR, because they just all looked over it and I was on the ground on our first song and couldn't get up because I was laughing so hard at my own stupidity. <laughs> it's hilarious. I won't spoil the story. Just come up and ask one of us. Okay. Um, it's it's fantastic. So there's the invitation to all the con man boys. Please come on and tell us about this story. Right. Um because we would like to hear it, um, but do you do you uh, do you fuck with any modulation or anything like that nope. on the on the board? Just just drive. Yeah, dude. Man, man after my own heart. Yeah, I just and I've had people tell me you need to get a chorus or you need to do this, and I'm like, no, I'm I'm simplistic. <laughs> I just want to do this. I'm I'm kind. My mind's kind of blown that I have four things on my pedal board right now, including yeah. my wireless. Like, 
I don't know what to do. There's too many buttons. Right. And what kind of bases are you are you running? Because I saw that. I, I remember I, seeing a Fender Jaguar. Yeah, I base, remember seeing that right? one. Um, I play Squire short scales, so okay. I've had really, really nice bases. And like growing up, my mom was very, very into investing into me having a decent instrument. Mm-hmm. And um, I went into music around this one time and found this $150 short scale Jag bass and started just messing with it. And I was like, this could be a cool couch thing. Took it home, played it, and I was like, this is like the most comfortable thing I've ever played on. Right. Sold two like $800 bass player or basses and bought another one and just like did my thing on them to make them look more like me. And I'm never going to own another bass. Like, yeah. And it's $150 if I drop it, if it runs into something, if I smash it someday, like I'm not going to be that mad at it. Right. Right. I've, I've, I've been thinking really, really hard about, about going the short scale route because they don't like guitar players don't understand like the pain of like being up here and like playing having to play notes and getting your fingers jammed up mm-hmm. and stuff like that and i played a short i played that exact same bass not it not i didn't steal your bass and, and play it but i played this a, a, a jag a short scale jag and uh i played one the other day and i was like this is amazing well, and that's the only short scale model that Fender or Squire puts out that has the forearm cut, so like you can have mm-hmm. your arm up on it, and then it's got the tummy cut for us guys with a little bit of a beer belly. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's so comfortable. Yeah, and uh, 150 bucks. It's really not that bad. Well, guitar. I mean, even in the time that I've started playing guitars, cheap guitars are coming on in a big way. I think. I mean, yeah. my fa- well, like my bit, my main bass that I own right now is a is a Squire jazz bass. Yeah. You know, like set me back like 350 bones like bought it new because i didn't i I wanted one forever and like that thing is like that's my that's my base you know like i don't yeah it's weird i mean the the most recent guitar that i've bought was a 150 dollars uh squire bullet mustang yeah dude 150 bucks those mustangs are sick and is it perfect? No, but I can definitely use that. Yeah, like it's yeah. not just something where it's just like, Ugh, you know, don't touch it. It's it's gross. It's is it you know a fifteen hundred dollar Gibson? No, but I feel like I probably should have paid double yeah. what I did pay for it. That's not bad. That's pretty good value, I think. Yeah, definitely. I got a buddy who's just bought this incredible Fender Elite, and he, I mean, it's really cool. And it's just really nice, and I think he's scared to kind of play it out in public, yeah, because something could happen, and it, yeah, I don't know. That's a really expensive, nice guitar, right? Exactly. And um, yeah, I think he's going to sell it and get many other guitars for that hunk of money. Yeah, but I, um, I just saw that Palin just got a, a Rickenbacker because mm-hmm. you, you, this bastard texted me with it, like the picture of it when he was there yesterday, and yep. I'm like. Man, I would I would love to have that 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 instrument, but like I ne- I would never ever take it out. Yep. I would never take it out anywhere. Like there's no way. Mm-hmm. Beer flying everywhere, like especially if you're playing with Comancheros. Right. <laughs> no there's kidding. no there's no way. <laughs> there's no way. Um speaking of side eye, last time we we I saw the Comancheros, there they were they were going so crazy that like the bass player did the thing where, like, he stepped on, like, I think he stepped on Tanner's pedal board, 
And like, I'm pretty sure he just doused him with, you know, the Natty Light or the Stag or whatever. That's awesome. Yeah. They're great dudes. Like, I used to work with Tanner, and he's such a cool kid. Those guys are the best. And then um, Bradley, he's from Mexico, Missouri, and I kind of grew up playing with him and Mm -hmm. his various bands. He's just, they're, they're, they're both just, like, the nicest people. And then I actually played an old classic rock cover band with michael their drummer oh for nice. one show in front of high v once <laughs> nice they're all great dudes yeah and fun yeah. yeah we had them on and we talked about star wars for almost a fucking hour I before we actually did. started like to record <laughs> we should have recorded it we really should and we're probably going to eventually do like a uh, a nerd out podcast with all the musicians that come on the show because right. like it always ends up that like we'll, we get people out here and it's like they see like you know like my little like Batman figures or something like that, or they see like a Star Wars poster and they're like, "Oh, you like Star Wars?" And then it just turns into this giant thing. Yeah, I'm like that. That it. podcast will have nothing to do with music. It'll just be like, "So which Luke, Luke Skywalker lightsaber is the right one?" Yeah, you guys need to let me know when you do that because I love Star Wars. There's not one of the movies that I'm like, "No, that sucks." Okay, they're well then let, awesome. let's let's just let's let's do a real quick preview. Let's talk about Star Wars because I'm kind of feeling it. Okay. That we need. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about it. All right. Um. What? Uh. So you're saying that there isn't a single Star Wars that you don't like? Correct. Like I watch the entire saga every year religiously, mm-hmm. just at least once a year. And my right. poor wife. Do you, do you go like? Do you go at it like? Boom. One through eight. Soon to be nine. I guess. Like. Yeah. Or I guess you could even include. Solo oh, and Rogue One. side movies, too. Like, Rogue right. One. Yeah. I mean, but do you just do it like, nope, fuck it. I'm waking up at, like, five in the morning. I'm going through all of them, or it's, like, one a day. No, I do it all in one day. Oh, and, my God. Or I try to. Right. Uh, I usually have to carry it on into other days, but, like, my goal is all in one day. But those are some of my favorite days. Because, like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, even the first, or I'm sorry... The prequels that everybody hates, like I still think those offer a lot. Phantom like, Menace. There's... Phantom Menace always will have a soft spot in my heart because that was like the first Star Wars movie that was like my Star Wars movie. Yeah, exactly. All the other ones, it was just like my dad, you know, with the old VHS tapes that he'd taped off of, like you know, public access TV in Texas where we lived. And so it'd be like, you know, Luke, I am your, and then it would cut to like a, like a, you know, Taco Bueno commercial. Please buy Tide. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, it'd be a Chevy commercial for the new uh, 1993 Chevrolet Cavalier, you know, Who's something the, like that. Who's the right. clean guy? Billy Mays. <laughs> um, like, Luke, I am your Billy Mays here. <laughs> right, it'd be like, you know, we've got a, you know, don't bring much money. You yeah. won't need, I'm, I'm going into old Texas commercials. Um, yeah. But yeah, but it was like, which were, were great movies and I love them. I mean, Empire Strikes Back is probably my favorite Star Wars movie, Yeah. but like those were still like, they weren't quite mine. Like it was like mm-hmm. my dad and my mom and dad being like, watch these. Phantom Menace was the first one where it was like, no, it was like mine. Cause like, Dude, and that's the way I think everybody needs to approach it is like, so like the OG trilogy was like, okay, so that was your parents. Those rewards, the new generation, like mm-hmm. my niece hasn't seen any of the Star Wars, but I feel like she should have watched at least one of the ones that just came out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh man, she's got a really boring day ahead of her. Yeah. <laughs> of just like me making her watch all of these, but um, it's just to a new generation. Mm-hmm. And there's things that like my generation can appreciate, probably your dad's generation mm-hmm. can appreciate. Like Darth yeah. Maul's the coolest character in the world. He's, so He's the best to have that without the I think, prequels. I think objectively, like Duel of Fates is 
an amazing sequence. Mm-hmm. Like even separated from like years separated, I still think that like when I watch <clears throat> when I do our rewatch or whatever, yeah. like that we do cuz we we do one too. Yeah. Um when we do our rewatch, I'm like Duel of Fates is coming up and it's going to be fucking lit. Yup. Yeah. Um but yeah, I still think that there's something to something to be said about all those movies. The only one I won't defend, Attack the Clones, because I even I when no, even as a, I'm, I'll defend Attack the Clones. I won't defend Revenge of the Sith. Even as a kid, I really hated Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. But that's just me. That's I mean that's all right. I dug I dug Attack of the Clones. I didn't dig uh, Revenge of the Sith because even at, I guess I was 15 when that came out. Like even then, like. The right, like the dialogue during the final battle. I'm just like, <laughs> that's the worst. Oh man, that's not good Step writing. Back and forth. Um, right. Um, <clears throat> cool lightsaber fight. Except there is that one part where they're like, they're in like one of the control rooms on Mustafar, and like they're just spinning their sabers around and like they're not <laughs> hitting each other. Never. I like. I still in this day, it's like, what the fuck is that even about? <laughs> like, you've got, you've got. It's about technique. Yeah. Right. I it's mean, about showing off, man. Sure, it looked cool, but it was like, why would either of you do this at this point? Yeah. Um, do you plus, guys know who Ray Parks is? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, dude. So I follow him on Instagram. Mm-hmm. That dude is awesome, man. He's yeah. just like in his living room doing like lightsaber he's battles. He's so and cool. Stuff by himself. Yeah. It's fucking amazing. Like, I'm like, he's going to kill his wife's lamb. She's going to come in and whoop the Darth Maul out of him. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And, uh, I. Yeah. Darth Maul was just such a missed opportunity. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah. And, like, I don't think he should have died off in Phantom Menace. They should have kept him on. Because then it's like, episode two starts, and it's like, who's this old fuck? Yeah. <laughs> who's this old guy? He's not scary. He looks like, you know, my... He looks like my grandpa's, like, poker buddy. He's judging you. Yeah. Right. And... I don't know, like, I, I couldn't get into it, and again, most of all, he just wasn't scary. Yeah. Like, it was yeah. just like, you're you're an old white guy, I think I saw you, like, at my grandparents' church. Yeah. Um, he wants to tell you about the VFW. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Come um, join me at Village Inn. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm moving to my uh, new uh, planned retirement community. Um, yeah. But, like... We're going down to Florida in the Winnebago. Um, Pull my finger, Bill. Right. Um, I mean, I'd have done it because farts, farts are funny. Um, farts are funny. Do you, like, do you have a favorite Star Wars? Um, that's a that's a that's a that might be a loaded question, but I mean, probably. I don't know. I feel like I'm going to get a lot of hate if I say uh, the first of the prequels with Darth Maul, but um, probably Return of the Jedi. Okay. It's really good. I Return like of the Jedi is so solid. Yeah, but yeah. like people I really... give it shit because of the Ewoks, and I think that's wrong. Yeah, I don't I mean, mind the Ewoks. I don't mind any of it. Like I really like the new movies. I'm so excited I for do the too. new one. Like yeah. I think Con- Ray's a really cool character. Finn, all uh-huh. of them is really cool. I think what what's infuriating to me when I hear people talk shit on the new movies is it's the same people during the prequel movies. Who said, oh, it just doesn't feel like Star Wars. It just doesn't feel like Star Wars. And then they start talking about the the sequel movies now. And it's just like, oh, it's just like Star... It's just like the old... It's like, well, what the fuck do you want? Like, yeah. It's like, it's oh, Force Awakens bit. was just like A New Hope. It's just like... But you that's, mean dope that's, as shit? That's what you wanted. <laughs> right. It's, you mean a good is, movie? Right. Wow, okay. Right. That's awful. It's like, you know, Desert Planet. It's like, <laughs> it's like shut up. It's yeah. like, shut up. Yeah. 
I remember watching that movie and just being fucking gassed as shit because I was just like, oh my god, new Dude, Star Wars. I when I went and saw, I think my personal favorite is always like from from this from on today, and I'm fully expecting to change this once you know Rise of Skywalker comes out, but. I think my favorite is Last Jedi, and I know that's like a really, really controversial opinion. That's a good opinion. It's uh, it's a that. great movie. Like it takes so many risks. Mm-hmm. I like, think that's why people don't like it. Is I think everybody went into that movie, myself included, had like a head cannon of like, okay, this is what's going to happen. Like, you know, it's gonna be like Return of the, or it's gonna be like uh, Empire Strikes Back. So Ray's gonna go fight Kylo. Kylo's going to basically win the fight since he got his ass beat in Force Awakens mm-hmm. by Rey. So this time, Kylo's going to have the upper hand. And then they didn't even really fight. And yeah. then everybody's like, okay, so Snoke's going to be around. Like, eventually, Kylo's going to turn on Snoke in the third movie. And then in the second movie, he cleaves Snoke in half. Obviously, we've all seen Which it. Which is like. That legitimately shocked me. Which I, is dope. It's right. so dope. That's exactly what you want when you go see a movie. Like, when I saw the lightsaber, like, you know, vibrating, like, on his throne, I'm just like, no. Oh, shit. No. Yeah. Because the way they set it up, there was only one way for, like, there's only one thing that was going to happen. Right. Like, but I'm like, surely, like, I was waiting for at any moment Snoke to, like, notice that and just be like, uh-uh-uh, fuck you, kid. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you know, blast him with force lightning or something. Yeah. And it blew my mind. Oh my god! Didn't see it coming. Like I said, I figured they would set it up just like the original trilogy, where it's like Kylo finally comes out is like, oh, uh, hey, I'm your brother or some shit like that, yeah. and it didn't happen. Like nothing what Loved I thought it. was going to happen in that movie happened. Loved it. Also, controversial opinion. Like everyone kind of hated Empire when it first came out, and like everyone was like, "What's this weird shit? Why don't you just do the thing that you did in the first movie?" Like, they're saying the same thing about Last Jedi, and I guarantee in 10 years everyone's going to be like, Last Jedi is the best movie. Yo. I think. Did like, you guys get into the animated series at all? Like, Clone, Clone Wars? Wars is a little dope. bit. Dude, yeah. so I've got my wife to where she's kind of like, okay, I'll watch this. And I was like, they took it off Netflix, honey. We can't. <laughs> right. Thank God Vintage Stocks rents stuff now. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, dude, like, I really dig those too. And that so even good. made me more of a Star Wars fan and Battlefront and like the games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I you, love everything about it. Right. Do you play... Um, have you played Battlefront 2 yet? Not yet. It's had quite the second life. Has it? I play, so it came out and there was all that controversy about it and all this like microtransactions and stuff like that. But they, uh, I played it the other day and I was like, wow, they like completely rehauled this game. Like, so because of my music addiction and gear addiction yeah. i only play video games once they're 20 dollars. yeah that's <laughs> and fair. so it's such i know that feeling a hard willpower thing because i'm like yeah this is coming out sweet oh i probably won't be able to get it for another three years <laughs> but i've got two od pedals right solid <laughs> yes i can make really obnoxious <laughs> noises right. which is worth it yes um but uh i i i actually got the new one for like 10 bucks so it's probably in your range Ooh. just saying you know putting it out there um me tanner and bradley and bill have always i have talked about doing like a like a streaming like land party of like just and a if they're of, listening to this we really got to get on the stick we really should get on that but we talked about doing like a stream land like sort of like Comancheros versus the 
bypass dudes. That's so, awesome. If you want to get in on that, you know. Dude, I would love to. That sounds awesome. Yeah, I think it'd be so much Even fun. if I'm just like colored commentary, I would be down <laughs> just to like sit on your couch and drink a beer. Yeah, exactly. That's basically what it's going right. to be. Right. I, I want to I know what those dudes drink like in closed doors. That's what I'm saying. I feel like knowing Wine, that it's probably still champagne. stag. Yeah. <laughs> or watch, like we'll talk to Tanner about it. And Tanner's like, well, actually... I'm yeah. a Lagavulin man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. be like, whoa. <laughs> or like Martini. Like, I prefer a good sip and whiskey. Yeah. 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 Or not even like whiskey. He just like, it, it's like. He's like an absinthe guy or he's something like, like that. He's like, I, I like my martinis. That's it. Right. You know. I feel like he's a diehard PBR guy. Yeah. Yeah. That guy is no nonsense. No, no nothing. He's just like, he's, I'll take what I get. Every time I see that dude, I always leave in a happier mood than when I like started yeah if that makes sense yeah like that that conversation that we had with him at the, the at the mcd album release show <laughs> was, he was, was like plastered right <laughs> and we were just talking about the mandalorian series and it was just like yeah there's gonna be like space hookers and space coke and it was just like basically we wrote like the first three seasons and it was just like why the fuck is, is disney not like listening to this oh like, that's awesome it was like i will always remember that conversation like it was just like it, it it was one of those wonderful conversations that borders on the absurd, but completely like coherent. It's yeah. like borderline genius, borderline what the hell. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The conversation probably should have ended twenty five <laughs> minutes before it ended, but but like, fuck it, we were on that train. We were man. so on it. <laughs> like, yeah, um, but yeah, Star Wars is dope. Um, but yeah, uh, and I've seen a couple things. I, I I think we share a lot of the the comic book movie kind of love because I've seen some stuff on Facebook. We kind of had back and forth mm-hmm. about some stuff. Um, so real quick, uh, how how what do you think about the new? Because I think we talked about this briefly, but uh, how do you think about the new casting and stuff for Batman? Um, man, they've changed Batman so many times that uh, I'm just kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah. Honestly, uh, the biggest thing that got me fired up was I was really, really hoping they were going to do kind of the uh, Red Hood thing and yeah. explain kind of like why uh, the Robin costume was painted. I'm a much bigger Robin fan than Batman. Okay. And so like the Titan TV show, I'm really excited. To, I know yeah. it's been out. I just haven't seen it yet. I hear it's great. Whenever he says like, you know, F Batman, I'm like, yes! <laughs> Hell yeah! Screw him! He sucks! He's such a dick! <laughs> yeah, but no, I love Batman and um, yeah, dude. I'm not mad at it. I think Robert Patterson... Pattinson's a, Pattinson's a solid choice. Yeah, I think he'll do a pretty good job and surprise a lot of people. I just think people love to hate on things at first. Yeah. And they're like, oh, okay, it's not that bad. Because member berries. Everybody's just mm-hmm. like, you know, I want it to be this way. Like it was. I no, that's, that's real shit. Yeah. That's real shit. I believe in that shit. Um, I, who do, you, do you have an opinion on like who, who, who the best Batman is? I love Keaton. Keaton was really good. Val Kilmer wasn't bad. Uh, Least was definitely Clooney with the bat nipples. I still, I still think if Clooney was in the right movie, he would have done an, a stupidly good job. Yeah, if it wasn't so like bright and Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, even Chill those out. have great entertainment value. Oh yeah. And like, there's a Robin, so you know I'm on board. Right. Exactly. Um. um Bale's always mine. Yeah, dude, and he did such a great job. Those movies are just so good. He, I mean, because I saw American Psycho, I always think he's like moments from just like, 
losing his mind. Yeah. And that's, I think, what a Batman needs is like that. Yeah. I might be crazy. I might be a little Joker. I might be Batman. Like, yeah. Kind of that fine line. Yeah. Those are those are some of my favorite movies. And I, I, <laughs> I after when they did the whole Bat, Batfleck thing, I was like, this is a solid choice. But I really think this shouldn't be in a Batman versus Superman movie. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, like, I look back on that movie and I think, like, there's some good stuff to it. Yeah. Like, the Martha thing kind of threw me for a loop. But, like, I mean, they, they still have entertainment value. And, like, you get to see Batman and Superman fight. Right. And, yeah. Yeah. So, that, that's, that's all anybody can ask for, I think. But, um yeah, so, uh, the, yeah, all that was a lot of fun. I don't get to talk nerdy stuff about that too often, so. Um, Bill, you got any more to, to ask? I'm set. Cool. Well, I what's, think we've um, covered everything. What's coming up for, for both bands? You've got the album, where the, the, the... The Halloween show. Yeah, the Halloween show, and then we've got the award show. Yep. Beyond that, anything on the horizon for you, the band? So, um, Conman Economy is actually playing in Chicago with... Um, I've got to slow down and think, because I always say this band name wrong, and I love their band. It's... Um, Man, they're going to kill me if I say it wrong. <laughs> so we're playing in Chicago with some really great bands. <laughs> nice. You guys should check it out. Um, and other than that, we're going back and Conman's recording uh, December. Um, we're already starting on the next EP. Our goal is hopefully by summer. That way we can go on another tour next summer. That'd be awesome. Uh, as far as Wasting Daylight, uh, we're still writing, building a set. Uh, make sure that it's exactly what we want to present and it's really good like i'm so excited for just to release the baby into the world and yeah. let it fly um we have shows booked but they have not been announced so okay i can't be the guy to announce it unfortunately but yeah. there's really cool things coming up and um we've been kicking around the ideas of a music video um, nice and so there's a lot of things coming that's that's awesome yes. that's good to hear and that's good to hear that you're really like excited about it yeah. yeah um well everyone out there listening be on the lookout for all that um keep your eyes peeled keep your eyes for the, peeled for the forthcoming things um if you guys are all into hanging out with us and seeing <laughs> me f- fucking be the worst host ever uh, at the award show, come out to that and see Wasting Daylight. Um, that'll be at least a redeeming, you know, yeah. redeeming factor to us. I being... mean, you get to see some great bands, but you also have to listen to us and, yeah. and look at us. Yeah, and just you have to put up with my dry humor for just a little bit, and then uh, and you have to put up with me staring into the lights like a deer. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and not uh, knowing what to say. Right, and then after that, you get to listen to Wasting Daylight. Right. So go uh, get your tickets to that. Um, I think it's probably going to be a packed house again that this year oh like, yeah it'll be a it'll be a good good year for it um but go and check that out and then be on the lookout for uh all things con man and all things wasting daylight um for the love of god do not miss that halloween show no oh, shit it's gonna be so fun it's gonna be so much fun i i've already bought in tickets shay shout out to you for hooking me up um but I've already gotten tickets. That's going to be the show, I think, one of the best shows of the year. Uh, so go to that. And then after that, look out for the new EP coming from Con Man after you guys get done recording and shows and stuff like that. So, yeah. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. Uh, thank you so much, Dylan, yeah, for coming this on. Yeah, fun. Thank you, guys. It was a good time. Um, but we will see you guys next week. Uh, 
Deuce, deuce. Yeah, have a good one. Bye.